Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And today I have the one and only Brian Dalmaso on the show. Brian worked directly with Bob Proctor for quite some time. So this is going to be an exciting interview. So do me a favor and share this out. Share it out. Stop what you're doing. Share it out. Sharing is caring. So um, let's let's get a bunch of people on here. Help them break through some walls today. Stay with us. And we'll be right back with Brian Damaso. we're back let me bring brian on brian welcome to the show hey ken it's good to be here thanks for having me glad you're here man glad you're here this is going to be fun so so brian i um started this i don't know a little over five years ago or so five and a half years ago um and you know uh, this is really it's it's your life story in hopes that by you telling about how you had ups and downs and overcame it and, and um, that it's going to help other people along the way. So that's what this is about. Start with you telling everybody where you're from, where you were born and raised. Sure. Well, I was actually born in Pennsylvania, but my uh, parents divorced when I was two. So I really have no recollection of that. And my mom uh, took me and my brother back to uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. So I spent the last 50 years in Massachusetts and about two and a half years ago, I moved to Delray Beach, Florida, where I'm currently residing. So uh, the word roller coaster comes to mind when you say ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. The, that, that's that. So where did you end up graduating high school? Uh, I was in uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. It's a vocational technical high school. We're very blessed to get in there. And I uh, I studied machine drafting. Anybody knows that in a technical school, you you do, do trades one week and you do academics the next. So I got a little leg up there. Um, and I had my first mentor that actually helped me get into the General Electric Company at age 17, which is an absolute blessing. Wow. GE. So where where did you, where were you based? In uh, that was a Fitchburg, Massachusetts plant. It was a part of power generation, which I think there was five divisions. Okay. And uh, we were working on nuclear steam turbines for submarines and power generation. That's kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. So did you did you go to college then or? So I went to school nights on GE's dime. I went on uh, an engineering program um, on their dime. So I'd go to school during the day. And I'm oh, sorry, go to work during the day and go to school uh, on their program at night. Wow. And so you got an engine engineering degree then, I guess? Uh, partially. Partially. I was working at GE and I was... Uh, you know, I uh, was there for about 10 years. And at some point it was just like, well, I'm here working and there, there wasn't a lot of upside to finishing. So, uh, uh, yeah. So what, uh, I mean, being an engineer at GE is a far cry from where the direct, I, which I already know kind of, uh, yeah. but you know, what, what, where did things, when you were at GE, um, were you in that place of, I just can't take this anymore? Oh, or? no, no. Quite the contrary. I, I call oh. it more of an invisible glass prison. I, I love the work. We were, we were uh, running CAD, you know, CAD CAM computers and designing. It was it was wow. amazing, especially in my world. Like I said, I, I grew up what I call American broke with me and my brother and my mom. She was a waitress. Uh, we live in my grandfather's third floor apartment. So, no, GE was like the holy grail of my existence. The people wow. I know said listen, oh my God, you made it. Like you're a GE, like just put your 40 years in, like you'll have pension, this, that, the other thing. It was, it was the best thing ever. Uh, I just, you know, for what I knew though, I didn't know about entrepreneurship, nothing about that. Yeah. And I didn't know, you know, uh, back then it's like getting to a hundred thousand a year was like the holy grail of achievement, not a hundred thousand a week or a day. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, as far as W2 workers go in, in that whole environment, that was my programming at the time. And I spent 10 years with them not knowing anything about entrepreneurship, not really. 
Right. I was dabbling in some things, you know, I dabbled in a network marketing company. I saw some people investing. Some people had some properties, but not like what I know today. Right. Uh, we have a young gentleman in our group that's 27 that uh, in our mastermind group that he's netting over a million a month in real estate from wholesaling because at 19 years old, he was introduced to wholesaling. We didn't have that back when, when I grew up. It was like, you're either going to be in the trades or go to school for business or doctor. Right. Well, it's like 10 things to do, right? And right. you and I are probably similar. Now there's there's a million things to do, right? As you can make unlimited yeah. unlimited money just online. There's just a lot of things to do. I mean, unless you were up at 2 a.m. and you saw a Carlton Sheets commercial or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> no money down. You yeah. can also be a... <laughs> I remember that. It's so funny. So we're dating ourselves. I know. I know. So, so, so you, okay. So what happened then? You said you were there for 10 years. Did, did. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is the first cosmic joke, right? So yeah, I was there for 10 years and I met a girl. We were uh, together. Uh, we got married by age 26. Uh, life was going good. I designed a house. We're going to build a house. Uh, and then all within a process of eight weeks, um, she decided to leave. Um, Obviously, it takes two to tango. No, no hard feelings there. Matter of fact, she uh, she works with me full time today in my company, which is another story. But uh, she decided to leave, and then GE uh, closed suddenly. So I lost, you know, wow. my wife, my you know, brand new child who went to visitation 50-50, Ended mm -hmm. up on my buddy's couch. Uh, so no job, the house, pretty much everything in a period of eight weeks. That was the first um, wow crash, downside of a roller coaster, right? So yeah, it all came, it all, and because I only had one revenue stream and I wasn't an entrepreneur with many revenue streams, it's a pretty serious yeah. deal. So, so you, um, I, I laugh because I've been on my buddy's couch. I get it, man. It was actually a day bed out in a really hot sunroom, Florida room, they call them in Ohio. Um, so, so, um, GE closed, like they just closed that location. That location, they moved all the yeah. work to Greenville, Schenectady, and I, I wasn't going to move out of state. Um, it was a blessing. If, knowing what I know now, where I'm at now, it's an absolute blessing. I probably would have stayed there. So I call it an invisible prison. Yeah. I, there's no, I, I enjoyed the work. I was making the illusion of good money, like a six weeks vacation. I, uh, I probably would have stayed there if they didn't close. You know, it's, it's funny because I remember, I mean, I, I don't, I'm 55 years old. I, I, I like it hundred thousand was the goal. Like if you got a hundred thousand dollars, you were freaking loaded. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all relative, right? It's all relative. It's all relative. It's crazy. I, I, yeah. I worked at the Honda factory out of high school. Oh, okay. I, I remember back in 89, 90, I'm making like, no, 88, 88. I'm making like $50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, holy crap. I thought I was a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, so you, um, you, you were, I mean, that's a, that's a pinnacle in life. I think when you, when you're sleeping on a, a buddy's couch and you divorced and, and and company closes and you don't have a job i'm assuming at the time um where did things go for you did from there what well, i'm curious well, i've always been blessed and um back then uh, some people might have called it cold i now know it's awareness it's being highly aware unconscious competent i've always had the mechanisms it's like well it is what it is you harvest the good and forgive the rest you just move on yeah like I don't, I don't have, I don't dwell on things for whatever reason. I now know it's mental programs stored in my subconscious, but yeah. So I just moved on. I, I started um, our interview and I started taking a lot of different CAD courses. I was a CAD jockey. I knew like five different CAD languages. I had a lot of skills, right? Yeah. And I was taking a course um, in uh, mechanical desktop, and the two instructors were principal engineers that had a startup company. And when I was taking the course, I just blew through all the exercises and started designing my own um 3d model and they were just impressed with that and they offered me a job right there and then so i went from the biggest company in the world to one of to the smallest two principal engineers and myself and we did some amazing work we were working in the solar uh, photovoltaics field solar industry oh, okay. and we were designing and building so I, I got to design and build in the shop all kinds of equipment for evergreen solar we did a lot of the equipment for american superconducting wire 
and I was introduced to 20 different industries and rotational moldings and injection molding and uh, model making. And just that was like the best job ever because it's just me and two guys. And and we built it up to uh, about 20 people in five years. Uh, and then, boom, <laughs> they got into a big government contract. The economy turned a little bit and there was another uh, another little crash there. But in that meantime, I had met and married another uh, my second wife. Um, Revision two, whatever you want to call it, second wife. And uh, we started to build a, a home and a life. I, I designed a 5,000 square foot house with uh, steel beams in it and 30 foot high ceilings in the middle. It was an architectural masterpiece at the uh, time, designed and built it. Got my wow. GC license. Uh, I had married into a construction family. So all of a sudden I had all of these contacts. And uh, yeah, it was just an absolutely gorgeous house that um, I literally did a lot, of, a lot of the work right from... Uh, you know, uh, the land itself. And obviously I got a foundation guy, but um, I did a lot of the plumbing with my brother, him and I did a lot of that radiant heat plumbing and wiring. And um, it did a lot of things. I had a framing crew, but it helped with that. So I got to wow. um, extend all of my skills in that, in that area of construction. And I also had a, a side business uh, designing and building additions and decks and things like that. So in and amongst when I was at GE, I, I had built up uh, some skills in, in uh, architecture and, and design. So, um, yeah, we wow. built that all up and it was off and running again, married job, things are going well. <laughs> I've never seen anybody get so excited about engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you get to build it, most engineers don't build anything. They're just in right. a, they're just in a, a, a cubicle. Like, yeah. you know, that's the way it was at GE. But when right. you get to actually build it, test it, troubleshoot it, install it, like, holy yeah. cow. And I, I love to work with my hands too. So, Yeah. So, so you said that crash after about five years. Yeah. So in, in parallel, I was working there and, um, and I had my side business in construction. So that, that company with a great five-year run. And, uh, when that crashed, I shifted into architecture construction and went full-time in my own business. So okay. when I think that was like 2003 or something, um, and that was my first real deep dive in entrepreneurship, running my own company full-time. I had been running it part-time for about a decade. So I, uh, I went full-time into construction, building houses and uh, designing building houses and things of that nature. With the company that you were, the five-year company, mm -hmm. were you making better money than you were at GE or about the same? No, no, it wasn't similar. A okay. little bit of a pay cut to start, but then it ramped up. But because I had the construction company on the side, financially speaking, I, I was doing better. But, you okay. know, no, no six weeks vacation. It was just a great great experience, great job. So about yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you leave there and what happened? So you said 2003? About 2003. Yeah. So I went full-time construction. I was remarried. We okay. built the, the McMansion, the 5,000 square foot McMansion. Yeah. Uh, she had a good job. We both had six figure jobs and her and I spent about a good 10 year run, um, you know, building and, and, and uh, traveling and just building my business. And she was building her career as a as a uh, financial person, CFO. Uh, and then the last four years of us, like her career really scaled and she got like to con assistant controller and then control a very high pressure job. Yeah. And we just we grew apart over a four year period. Like the job became, you know, more important than anything. A lot of fighting and and just not mm. something I don't, I'm not here to do that. Yeah, right, right. So we got divorced, long story short, second divorce. But four years before we got divorced, I'm like, you gotta like quit your job, go get something less stress. This is killing us. Like she would work 10 hour days and then come home and just, you know, really be upset and angry about her work. And obviously it's a two, again, two way street, takes yeah. two to tango with everything. But yeah, well, yeah. then we ended up in, you know, second divorce at age 38. So gave away another, you know, second empire. <laughs> so you're not yeah. a man to give a castle away, right? This was actually a castle. So I, I left wow. everything, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, on her. So I, it was my choice to leave that and uh, ended up. And this this is all still in Massachusetts. All still in Massachusetts. Yes, okay. so ended up on my second buddy's couch ten years later. So it happened at 28 and again at 38. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I had my construction company and you know I was doing well there. Uh, ended up on my buddy's couch again for a short period of time, but then found a really nice loft studio type place. And uh, then I bought a condo from there. So then I was back up and running. And that leads me to when I met my mentor, Bob Proctor, which changed everything. At what age? Literally 41. 41. 
So you met Bob Proctor at 41 years old. How in the world did you meet Bob Proctor? How did that happen? So I had, uh, I guess I've always been entrepreneurial um, and I had been introduced to an energy-based network marketing company from a dear friend of mine. He changed my entire life. Uh, we were working with individual electricity bills. We could lower somebody's bill at no charge. And because of my background and my network, it made sense. So uh, I was pursuing network marketing pretty pretty hard. I saw the seven-figure dream. And um, I was working with a mentor who was making almost 200000 a month. And he had said, you know, you need to go to this, this event in Vegas, 10,000 entrepreneurs from all over the world. Tony Robbins is going to be there. Richard Branson is going to be there. About 30 other speakers for three days. So I went to this event with uh, Eric Worre's GoPro Mastery, and one of the gentlemen speaking who I had never met was this white-haired Bob Proctor, and he pulls out you know, his, his mind map, the mind-body connection, and he started talking about you know, these uh, paradigms, these mental programs that we have from birth and how you can write new programs consciously into the subconscious and change any aspect of your life. And to me, it's like 40 years came together in one lightning bolt. It made so much sense. I'm like... Why isn't this taught in school? And I learned yeah. really quickly how to uh, write new mental programs and wealth building and health and, and relationships and different things. Um, Did you do that on that day or was it over a period of time? So that day was the introduction. And then I, I elbowed my brother. I said, I don't know who this guy is. He said, I'm going to be teaching and coaching this stuff all over the world. Like this is the holy grail. This is the mind map. Yeah. This is literally the step one, two, three of how the world's wealthiest people think, act, and operate. Every other speaker that I saw, and they were great, is more motivational. But not like, do this, this, this. Here's how you change the mental programs. Right. Uh, and I don't know anybody else other than Bob and people that have been taught that, that really understand um, paradigms, how they got there and how to change them. So then it was a period of like, I had said within 18 months, it was six months later, I found myself up in Canada for a week with Bob. Uh, me and my new wife <laughs> yeah. and uh, $30,000 for a week. And that's when um, I got introduced to the idea of being able to work with him and teach and train the content as a PGI consultant. And, uh, wow. and, and that was the beginning of really, a, you know, a massive awareness, massive quantum leaps and a lot of things changing. Wow. So hang on you, your <laughs> new wife. Is that, did you mean number three? Number three. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you and your new wife invested $30,000 mm -hmm. to go spend a week with Bob Proctor. Yep. And how many other people were there? 150 people from around the world. It's something called the matrix event. It's a week long. Uh, it's a 15 K per person week long, deep dive into mindset. Wow. Um, obviously Bob passed, so it doesn't exist anymore, but it's an amazing global experience. Very high end event. Wow. What happened that week for you? Because I, I, as you know, I'm, I'm a huge Bob Proctor fan. Um, I'm huge Napoleon Hill fan. What happened that week that you feel like was the biggest shift in, in your, it sounds like in your life is, is yeah. what, was, what was happening there. Well, it's just getting educated in how the mind body connection works. Right? We, we exist on three planes, spirit, intellect, and body or consciousness intellect and body when you start to understand and um and, and study and, and and work on three planes this is how you make quantum leaps is getting in harmony with the laws of the universe right so yeah. i had been mostly physical and intellectual up until then very left brain mechanical you know work 80 hours a week study certain things but not tapping into source or what people call god uh, yeah. not not understanding that it's consciousness that moves energy into form Right? It's not energy and matter. Matter is energy in a different form. And it's consciousness that moves it if we focus the consciousness. That's why I'm holding, I have an iPhone over here. So thoughts become things. So there was many, many shifts that week. But that whole week was a paradigm shift. And also that's when we signed up to start uh, teaching and coaching and training with Bob as a, as a consultant. Wow. And so you leave Canada, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have to. That's just the thing. <laughs> Um, but you leave Canada, you go back to Massachusetts still. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're in the same town. Uh, no, we've moved a couple times over the years then, especially during the divorces and stuff. But uh, <laughs> to compress the story, I manifested um, a million dollar dream lake house. It was the nicest house on a lake at 650 feet of frontage. It was never for sale. 
Wow. So I use the principles we teach to literally manifest and acquire this house that was never, it was in the family for 50 years. They had no intention of selling it. And it's not, it's not uh, rocket science or magic. I had a big vision board, four foot by eight foot vision board and the picture of the lake house, multiple pictures. And it just caused me to pursue it. I reached out to the guy. He's a business guy. It's like, no, 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 no. So for about a period of two years, just kept saying no. And then the timing was right. Uh, so because it was on my vision board and the energy was always there, um, turns out he would be fine with selling it, but it was more of his wife's issue. And long story short, we ended up acquiring it. Um, but that was part of uh, a manifestation and not taking no for an answer. So, you know, I, I mean, look, the 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 movie, uh, Brian Proctor has been on the show. He's a friend of mine, friend of yours. Um, and Bob, Bob, I mean, he talked about, you know, for Bob, everything really skyrocketed with the movie, The Secret. Absolutely. And, and, and the, you know, the movie, The Secret, and I don't know if it's since then, but the word manifest or manifestation or, um, is, is, is a very popular buzzword, right? Um, what about the people and, and you already know this, I know this, there are people that don't believe that it goes against their Christian values or their whatever. Um, they don't believe in the word manifest. It's what semantics, happened? right? It, it's, uh, it's, really, it's really semantics. And I have a good way to explain that. That's like saying you don't believe in gravity. Or like, I know, right? It really is. It's a universal yeah. physics principle. Whether somebody believes in it is irrelevant. Right. Uh, it, it's the process of consciously turning energy into form. And it is part of a co-creation, right? There is, there is a force whether you believe in God or universal intelligence, we can plant the carrot seed, but we can't grow it. So whatever that force is, yeah. is what people um, you know, are referring to as God or universal intelligence. So everything in the physical plane is part of a co-creation, whether it's a family, a $100 million business, or ordering a pizza. Right? It's all part of co-creation and awareness and understanding. And um, I get that some people may look at that word in a way that's... Uh, not what it's intended, but it's literally the process of consciously yeah. manipulating energy into form, into matter. That's all it is. And it happens when you order a pizza. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's happening whether you're intentional exactly. or not. Right. Like, exactly. and that people just don't get that. Part, yeah. You man. can't not manifest. <laughs> right. Right. Most people woke up this morning. You exactly. manifested that. Yeah. And most people are just manifesting a physically depressed human being, but that is a manifestation. It's all choice. Uh, the challenge and the, you know, the global challenges, we're not aware. We're not taught this stuff in school. And that's why we have the Matrix Success International continue to continue Bob's work because that, that's a shame. And that's one of the things that when I was 41 years old, and I started to use some of these principles. I'm like, how is this stuff not in school? Like, this is all simple. Right. It's not rocket science. Right. And that's why I literally shifted gears and, and we built the matrix and I'm, I'm literally continuing on what Bob did. My entire rest of my physical life is devoted towards helping people understand this stuff. And uh, obviously I have other companies and other income streams and things of that nature. But I know why Bob was so passionate and why he did it up to his dying day, because this this information needs to get out. But people shouldn't be confused by words like manifestation. I totally agree with that. <laughs> I, do. I do. I totally agree. I, th I think, um, you know, look, I, the, the bottom line is a lot of people attach, um, a there's, I'm not, not a lot. I I'm, I'll go out on a limb and say most people attach some sort of negative vibe with money. They, they just do, yeah. they, you know, the love of money is the root of all, you know, and all, and it, it's, it's, um, it's all, I've always found that to be very curious myself. Like, why are people so hung up on this? Well, you say curious, I'll use the word ignorance. It's ignorant to think that way. And ignorance isn't a bad term. It just means not knowing, not aware. Money's just right. energy. That's all it is. Yep. Uh, your energy, I'm energy, this notepad's energy. Money's just a form of energy. It's a, it's a way of, uh, enhancing people's lives. It's a way of curing things like cancer. It's the way we build hospitals. It's the way we evolve. It's the way we barter back and forth. But it's just uh, the, usually the results of service to many re results in money, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like you said, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. 
right. if we if we love money more than people then that's that's not uh going to work out well for for people long term um but if you're helping people and you're generally uh looking to do that then the re the result is going to be this thing we call money which right. i mean there's bitcoin there's credit card like money's not even money anymore right it's just it's zeros and ones yeah. and and truth be told i was built like all up until age like 42 i was very um materialistic very self-centered yeah very physical i, I didn't know any different there's no courses in in, in evolving like that right? right i was for me and my family and get ahead become a multi i didn't even know why become a multimillionaire. you know yeah. uh, very very left brain analytical mechanical uh, yeah. the journey with bob since then has brought me you know in touch uh, very much in touch with with universal intelligence or or god whatever whatever you call that on a daily basis and understanding the spiritual component and i've shifted from just wanting to be a multimillionaire to serving people and when you do that you don't have to worry about the other part that's, that's right the, that's the interesting side of it i i blame carlton sheets yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, now that you've said it's so funny because that those programs were implanted in my mind too. I'm like, I want to be that. <laughs> right. I, you know, the, the, um, my, my friend, uh, Larry Thompson, Taylor Thompson, co-founder of Herbalife, mm -hmm. they, they, they call it the, um, the, um, uh, Lamborghini bikini crowd. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, there's just this this misnomer but so so talk about you know so here you are 42 years old you become a consultant for bob proctor um you're you're what does that mean and how closely did you get to work with bob over all that that time yeah so that was more towards the mid mid 40s there and uh initially um the first year we were working with Bob, we broke every record that PGI had in sales, which caught Bob's attention. I think at that point, they had a program called Thinking and a Result. And at that point, the most anybody had ever uh, consulted or, or uh, enrolled was 80 clients. And the first year, uh, we did about 240. So that caught Bob's attention wow. to, to really start working with him more like one-on-one -on -one and closely. And he's just a fan of results, and especially when you use his programs to get results, right? So I was scaling construction, we were scaling that company. And, um, and then I started working with a gentleman by the name of Doug Dane. And this is moving towards my late 40s now. Um, uh, working with Doug Dane, he was the international coach or, or trainer for all the consultants. So I offered to just work with them for free. Me and Doug were working with, uh, we did a group of 20 consultants globally and then we did bigger groups. So I worked for about two years for free, just helping Bob and Doug out, train consultants and building some of the trainings that they uh, they still use and prospecting is a lot of sales, um, uh, a lot of sales trainings or, or skills that are needed in any business that they didn't really have. So I just, uh, I wanted to give back kind of like Bob did with Earl Nightingale. And yeah. I did that for about two years, just, uh, just helping them teach and coach other consultants all over the world. So, you know, in the, the realm of manifestation, in the realm of, of, um, you know, you talked about manifesting the, the lake house and, and all this stuff, right? So in the realm of, I want to manifest this, whatever amount of money, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate in, in this it. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if manifestation works, why do I need sales training? Well, everything, the three planes, right? Spirit, intellect, and body. Yeah. So you can you can pray and visualize to your blue in the face and not much will happen. Right. There's an intellectual, there's a physical component. We still need to translate those ideas to other human beings via sales or calls or trainings or team building. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the biggest things that one of the biggest uh, misnomers or things that Bob was. Um, he wasn't upset about it. He said one of the things that movie The Secret Missed that led people thinking you could just visualize something would happen. Yeah. That's not the case at all. The no. spirit, intellect, and body. We need to operate. And if you want something to materialize or matter, to move from energy into matter, yep. then we need to do things in the physical plane. Now, if you want to exist 100% in the spiritual plane, everybody's wealthy beyond all means right now. You don't need to have things to make you happy. Right. We, we need to get happy in order to attract things. So we just want to separate the physical results which, you know, we're, we're, we're put on this earth to exist physically for a reason for a short period of time. So 
Yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of all the things, right? You can help the world and have mansions and yachts and Ferraris, right? It's yeah. not either or. Um, so I think that's the confusing part, though. It's not enough to just sit there and pray for things. Uh, it's a co-creation. God will do his part or its part or their part, and we have our part. And right. when you learn that. I use the carrot seed example all the time. We can plant the seed. We can you know, water it and pick the, you know, pick the weeds, but we're not going to grow it. Amen. It's true. I agree. And I knew all that. I was just trying to. No, I love that. It's, it's, yeah. it's good to have these open conversations because there's just mass confusion on source, intellect, body, co-creation, manifestation. It's just mass confusion right now. So if somebody came to you and they were, you know, down to their last pennies, I mean, I, I, I know I've been there. Um, and they said, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I feel like it's, it's a useless cause to keep yeah. trying to manifest and create my dreams. And, um, what do you say to them? How do you guide somebody that's, that's lost all hope? That's a great question. First of all, educate, educate them on what they are, spirit, intellect, and body. They have a conscious, a subconscious yeah. and a body. And they said, what can we do to get moving on all three planes? And everything starts with decisions. Some of the, quite a few billionaires out there have been broke. And I do mean flat broke on a park bench before. Yep. That's irrelevant. Where, where you are is completely irrelevant. It's what do you want? So we can start spiritually by setting a goal and creating a vision of, of six months, 12 months from now. What, do, what does that look like? You get the, the trick is to get into the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Right. Neville Goddard says that. So feeling is vibration. So we need to use the actor's technique and actually convince ourselves that this thing is in the energy state and it's coming. And intellectually, all the information for any vertical that you want to study is free in libraries. You can study day trading, real estate, wholesaling. Like it's all here. There's no shortage of information. So the education part is free as well. And then the physical part is just networking. There's a lot of free groups. Just go start meeting people, having conversations, getting like-minded people, filling in the pieces. You can have, an, and I've done this, by the way, you yeah. can have nothing but an idea and then attract millions of dollars to your cause. So you don't need money either. And this isn't anybody's fault. This is societal and generational ignorance. So if you're listening to this, there's no judgment here. You were not taught this stuff in grade school, high school, or college, but we're teaching it to you now, right? So spiritually, you got you to gotta make a decision. Maybe it's, I want to get to 10000 a month, but I don't know how. That's fine. You still need to get into that feeling. Yeah. And then, like I said, find something. There's network marketing. There's day trading. There's e-commerce. There's just a million things you can do online. You can Google ways to make money for home for less than 100 bucks. You got chat GPT. You got AI. Like the tools are all there. Yeah. Um, but just people think, I need to know how before I start moving. That's not it. You need to make a decision because thoughts become things. Yeah. And if you knew how, you'd already be there. Right. So you're never going to know the how you need to start with decision, create a vision, feel it, you know, morning, noon and night have some some meditation times, what people call it prayer, whatever that is, fantasy, fantasizing, and then intellectually study something and then start getting around humans and networking like minded humans. Uh, if people do those three things and then number four is let go and let God. Once you've made a decision, you're moving forward. It doesn't make any sense to have fear, doubt and worry. It's like turning a light switch off but expecting the light to be on. It's against physics. So number four is faith. And I don't mean necessarily religious faith. I just mean a faith in co-creation. And if you're, if you're moving spiritually, intellectually, and physically, you're going to move towards a goal just as sure as a carrot seed will sprout into a carrot. It's yep. the same um, principles. You know, I, I, I think back to when you were 41, 42, um, you're sitting for the first time in a Bob Proctor gathering and you're hearing all of this. Um, I have to ask, I mean, was there a, did you ever feel like, yeah, that's, that's, that's all good. And, 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 but you know, things like that never work out for me. No, um, not, for, not for a second, me. not for no. a second. Here's why. Because of my mechanical background. Now, when I sat at some Tony Robbins things before or the prior to 40 years when people are just like, well, that's, it's like, yeah, well, that's great for you, Tony. But what's the steps? Bob shows you 
and what we're teaching now is is are the steps, the mind map. I knew instantly because of my mechanical background when he showed me the the stick man, which I know you've seen. Actually, yep. we got we got this gold guy here. This is what. This hold is. on, let me hold. Let me give you full screen. Yeah. Explain I, that to everybody. This is good. So you got you got the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the body. Yeah. Right. So this is where we start to get ideas. The thinking mind, like, oh, I want to get to ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million a month. But it's a fleeting thought. We need to get the idea into the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is what drives the body. Even as I'm speaking, I'm just accessing a program called English language, right? I'm not consciously doing anything. Even my right. hands moving. Right. About 98% of what we do is subconscious. And the subconscious is about a million times more powerful at storing these programs, right? This is why it's so difficult to quit smoking. And this is why billionaires wake up every day and they don't think anything about it. They just create wealth. Yeah. Uh, wealth building and smoking are just mental programs exercised physically, right? Mm. So then the body is the instrument of the mind. That's why we need to understand all three elements of what a creative being is and what our part is and what God's part is. Mm. This, this thing is, this thing changed everything for me. I like it instantly made sense. Uh, just the same way, like building a house instantly made sense for me. You, you start with a foundation and then you frame all the mechanicals, windows, roof siding, and then the finishes. So yeah, there was no, there was no rejection on my part. I just hadn't seen this information by then. I think it was about 45 years old. It was more like mid forties. Wow. That that's powerful, man. That is very, very powerful. I, I, I wonder, you know, cause Bob talked a lot about, and I talk a lot about this. I've, I've been on this journey for a very long time. Wayne Dyer was one of my very favorite teachers. Um, Joe Dispenza talks yeah, about yeah, it. I, <laughs> I love Joe. Um, you know, but I, I wonder um, about the, you know, how many people, I think it's probably most people are running bad programs. Is just Almost everybody. Almost right. everybody. Right. Yeah, so my, my question for you, Brian, would be, how do you interrupt those programs? I mean, if, if my computer is acting up and, and I know that there's a, a program, you know, I just go in and delete it, reboot, and we're good, right? Yeah, but yeah. the human mind's a little more complex, believe it or not. So how do you get somebody to, to um, re re reverse or remove that bad programming and, and replace it with good programming? So a, a couple of things come up for me. Number one, there's no such thing as good or bad. It's just, it, are these programs serving me or not? Good and bad is a human label on things. We're just experiencing, uh, God works through us, right? So we're experiencing all this stuff. So we yeah. become aware of something and then we decide, you know what? I do want to increase my health or my finances or my relationship. And the difference between the computer, you had a, this is a great analogy. In a computer, you go and remove the old program. Right. With a human being, you don't worry about that at all. You just focus on the new programs. And this is the biggest mistake in the medical profession with psychologists because they keep putting you on a couch and reliving the past. And you mm. know this from the subconscious. What we focus on, we reproduce. Yep. The only reason to dwell on the past is if you want to recreate the past. Yeah. What yep. we teach people to do is build a new vision and move towards it. Right. Positive mental added. I don't care how you got here. It's irrelevant. It means nothing unless you're trying to recreate it. Right. So this is completely different from what most professions think about the mind. But understanding the subconscious and how it's programmed, all you do is is re uh, reinforce the emotional new idea, take action on the physical plane, the intellectual plane. Right. So we only focus all of our energy towards the 100K a month or the healthy body or the relationship. And when I say this, it makes sense. But most of the world has this ass backwards. Excuse my French. They want I to speak it French. All. It's all good. <laughs> right. They want to relive it all. And yeah. the only reason I even tell you stories of my ups and downs is for illustration purposes. I don't I have no attachment to it. That's actually not a good thing to do is to keep telling stories that didn't end well. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm supremely uh, I'm a guardian of my mind. I'm doing it just for illustration purposes. But most people. You don't want to talk about your ailments. You don't want to get in conversations where people are talking about everybody's dying. Like, get away from that stuff. Right? Get out of the news. Get out of social media. Figure out what you want. Focus all your energy on the three planes that we talked about. Yeah. And you'll see just as sure as anything else, it'll start to move in that direction. 
Uh, and the last piece of it is the gestation period. People, I've been doing this for 30 days. I don't see anything. Well, a human baby is about 280 days. To get right. to 100 grand a month, it might be three years. There's a timeline or a universal law of gestation that we have to be okay with. And we can compress it if we're doing the spiritual work, the intellectual work, and the physical work, staying in a high vibration. So I know that's a big mouthful, but it's, and it's not hard either. It's actually not complex. We overcomplicate everything. Yeah. Uh, Bob used to say, this is so easy, most people miss it. They want the, the algebraic equation. They want the 10-year <laughs> plan. It's not. Right. It's so simple, most people miss it. They won't build a life script. They won't build a vision book. They won't do these simple things because they haven't been taught that. Like, oh, I need to go to school for that. So that's the, that's the challenge that we have uh, with educating the world on this stuff. And that's why Bob is so passionate. He's like, this is so easy. <laughs> wow. Dude, this is, I, you know, this is the most powerful thing that anybody can learn. It is, yeah. there's nothing more important. Nothing higher. Yeah. Nothing. So, so, um, this all started at 40 in your mid forties. Yeah. Um, you were in a new marriage. It sounds like, mm -hmm. um, third time's a charm. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> There's one more chapter, one more chapter. So, oh my. so her and I, we did start the journey with Bob together and, uh, it turns out we, we were amazing in so many ways, but mostly intellectual and business. Yeah. So we actually, uh, right when I got that lake, it was more of my dreams. And I'm like, it's a tough thing when someone has to share you with the world. Yeah. Right. I, I have so many clients and I work one-on-one -on -one with people and I pour my heart and soul into them. That's a challenging thing for a spouse to, um, to be on the same page with yeah. and come to find my, my attraction is so strong. Uh, she was more of like a nine to five person that really likes security stabilization. I am anything. I'm a risk taker, anything but stable. So, right. uh, but, but, but since we were in the material, we held hands into the, the you know, we didn't, no lawyers, no nothing. And, and then she, we worked together for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, she was my number one salesperson. <laughs> she was wow. amazing. She was be very, you know, very, it just wasn't meant to be that way. Yeah. So at one right. point I had two of my ex-wives working with me full time and my new girlfriend. Wow. That confuses a lot of people. They don't understand harvest the good and forgive the rest. And um, say that my, again for the people in the back yes. so they can hear it. <laughs> harvest the good and forgive the rest. And I've I've okay. always done that. Um, you know, my my ex-wife that I have a daughter with is full time. She's our onboarding coach. She's amazing. And her and my current girlfriend, soon to be wife, uh, are very close friends. They work together every single day. Like, why do we have to? You know, look. The people focus on the bad part. Right. Instead of all the good things, you know, wow, uh, I wouldn't uh, originally we went up to see Bob and became a consultant for her to have a side hustle, not me. So imagine if I didn't meet her, like it's just a whole host of things. And when you when you really focus on harvesting the good, uh, your quality of life goes through the roof. You just don't see things bad. You're just always looking for what's good. But more importantly, you maintain relationships that had a lot of value. Right. Instead of hanging up on the one or two things that didn't go well. So, yeah. So the fourth time is going to be a charm. <laughs> is, it, is it harvest the good and forgive, forgive the rest? rest or forget. Forgive. Forgive. Not forget. My Hard wife, my wife, my wife is on here. <laughs> That's her. You just made her wrong. Whoops. Sorry, babe. <laughs> well, no, I think um, I think a lot of people would say forget the rest, but we, we are very specific in saying forgive because forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person at all. Right. right it's for right. you to release toxic energy, get into a frequency of love and see what's good in people. So that's an inside out thing. That's another living from spirit through intellect and body instead of from the outside in. So that's a whole nother hour long subject. She, she corrected it. <laughs> <laughs> She said, got it. Got it. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, I, look, I've been, um, I I'm a, a 21 year recovered alcoholic and, and oh, congratulations. Thank you. And, and I, 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 um, prior to that, I, I was one of those people that as long as I had had some 
some some booze, I could do anything. And I literally <laughs> did. I did. I built a multi-million dollar company, all the all these things, right? And and then drank them all away. And, and yeah. eventually when I got sober, um, I dude, I, I couldn't find my rear end with both hands and a flashlight. I was oh. lost, man. And and I was so insecure about everything and mm. everyone. I, I really was. I I I just wonder you know, how, because you have to deal with people that have those deep rooted insecurities. Yeah. How do you help people overcome? I'm not that person anymore. I'm in the wrong world if I still am that person, but, but the, you know, how do you help people get, I mean, cause everybody has those and most yeah. people have them, right? How do you help people overcome the insecurities, the conversations of I'm not good enough. I should, I don't belong here. I, you know, all of that stuff. How do you help them overcome that? That's a great question. And the opposite of ignorance is knowledge and understanding. Yes. So that's how we help people. When I show somebody that mind body connection and you can, you can illustrate when they were a baby, all of these mental programs, insecurity is a mental program. That's all it is. Nobody chooses insecurity. It gets installed there by somebody else or some other thing over time. So once we understand that all of these emotions are mental programs stored in the subconscious mind, and most of them were given to you by other ignorant people over time since birth, we can say, wait a minute, like, when did I choose insecurity? Like, and you don't have to worry about why or when, but you can put it in a bucket and say, okay, insecurity is a mental program. What is the opposite of that? Well, confidence. Now, how do we install the confidence program? Well, you write out what people call affirmations or affirmative statements. Right. And you repeat them morning, noon, and night. And you do what we call is mirror work. That's part of it. Right. right. There's a physical, a spiritual, and intellectual part of it. And then you consciously do things like go to Toastmasters. You just throw yourself into the fire. I don't care if you're crapping your pants. You do it anyway. Like you, you push through terror barriers. You do the opposite of what an insecure person would do. Even if it puts you in the cold sweats and you'll find that you, you survive. Right. If you keep doing that, you keep taking these steps weekly and daily. That's why I'm such a huge fan of the network marketing industry is because the, any network marketing company, they, they just put you right into personal development. They want you to start presenting, you know, teaching, coaching, training. The skills I learned in network marketing are that of a multi-hundred millionaire. You, you can't pay for that kind of education. No. But it gets you to break through those little barriers. So the first thing is just making somebody aware. And this is what I want to say to the audience, too. And I really want them to absorb this. Wherever you are, with whatever's going on, whatever shape you're in, uh, it's not your fault. The biggest mm. thing, you can just let go of the bricks, put the 20 tons of garbage down. It's not your fault where you're at. Not unless you've been studying the same stuff, which is almost nobody. It's a result of generational and societal ignorance and environmental programming over time. You were born where you're born wasn't your parents' fault either. Even if you come from massive abuse, it's not those people's fault either. Human beings, we get programmed. Nobody's born into being a terrorist or, or somebody that's just a complete savage. They have things happen to them and they get wired and programmed and molded, right? Mm -hmm. So we can let all that go and stop blaming. We can forgive all that, right? Because we don't want to recreate any of that and just start to like, once you let all that energy go, you free up all kinds of new energy. That's right. the biggest challenge. Most people are just trying to figure out how to get here instead of figuring out where am I going. Wow. So we have, we have faith, right? It's not your fault. It's your programming. And it's okay. Let's just start building new programs. I remember very, very clearly um, Jack Canfield in, in the movie, The mm -hmm. Secret, says, um, you know, a lot of people say I, I, you know, was abused and I saw my, you know, he goes, I, I, I was abused. I saw my mom, my mother abused. I, and, and, you know, he goes, that's actually called the, so what, like, so what, Yeah. what's next? Like, are you going to live there? Are you going to stay there? Because that's just a program you're running. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is powerful, powerful, powerful. Look, Debbie, Debbie Bettendorf is saying, "Hey, let's let's bring him back for another hour." Well, I'd be happy to. I, I you could I could talk for hours, and I, there's just so much information that Bob's given me, and that yeah. I uh, yes, we have a business doing. I would do this. For, this is what I'm gonna do forever. I know why Bob got kind of addicted to it, and I just want to turn the lights on 
for as many human beings. That's why I'm super grateful for you bringing us on the podcast and yeah. any way we can get the information out because it's not rocket science. Even a cap full of this will change everybody's everything, especially the part where it's not your fault. It's programming. It's, it's not these people that might have done things. Uh, we have a program called Mindset Masters. And the last time I checked, it was like four or five people from that basic stick man and the forgiveness and it's not your fault that did not commit suicide. And that was like more than any of the high profile people I work with. That has been like, that has been the, 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 the sauce or the juice or the, or the, the part that it's like, you know, you're on the right page. So it's, 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 you know, somebody doesn't have to take a $10,000 program. It's just a little bit of this stuff can start to change some things. And as soon as you catch on to hope yeah. and say, wow, okay, that, this is why I'm here. It's not my fault but let's do something about it. That's when you got somebody, when you, when you can turn them back to hope. Wow. My wife is saying, have you come speak to the group, my, my mastermind group, which would be phenomenal. Yeah, I'd be happy um, to. Be happy to. I, 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 man, this, this is, I'm telling you, I think that this is, this is, I said it earlier, it's the number one most powerful thing that anybody can do. Mm -hmm not learn. I hate to say learn. It has to be a, has to become a, a second nature. It has to become a feeling like, yeah. like what you're saying, like letting go of all the BS of the crap that, that other people did. It's, you know, I think that if you say, you know, you say it's not your fault. I think the natural human tendency would be well, if it's not my fault, that it's freaking Brian's fault. And now I'm going to sit, and blame you. And that's where people I think get hung up is you, how about this? It's nobody's yeah. fault. Just let exactly. it all go. Right. It is, it is one of my favorite phrases for a long time before any of this. It just is what it is. Yeah. There, there's actually no such thing as good or bad. It just is until we label it. And I know people will bring up all kinds of stuff, but I bring up the example of Victor Frankel as a Viennese psychiatrist. I'm sure you know this. He wrote the book. I, I interviewed his grandson on this show. So if that guy can go through four years of the Holocaust, they slaughtered his whole family. Yep. Like, I mean, it's the worst possible imaginable thing that I've ever heard of. For four, and, and he didn't have PTSD. And he held on to hope. And he knows that you can't take the last frontier of the mind. And he went on to change the world with his teachings. And he did not have anger towards the Nazis. Imagine that one. He did not blame them. He knew it wasn't their fault. It was their programming. Yeah. I use that example all the time because relatively speaking i don't think anybody here has gone through personally a group of people slaughtering your family and torturing you for four years so man's search for meaning i always recommend it but i always recommend to only read it once because we don't want to auto suggest that darkness into our subconscious <laughs> read it once you'll get the idea but it'll also cause people to stop feeling sorry for themselves pick themselves oh. up and start moving Okay, so you just inadvertently brought up my favorite topic, and <laughs> I can't let you go without you touching on it. Um, talk about the power of auto suggestion, and 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 before you say anything, I have to say this: like, this is the number one thing that that at any given time in my life, if I've had, you know, oh. Oh God, I'm broke or, Oh God, this is happening or something. I, I can flip it now. And I have been able to, for many years, flip it and change the auto suggestion going yeah. on in my brain. Talk about that, how powerful it is and how somebody can really tap into that. Yeah. So auto suggestion is the principle of rewiring the subconscious mind, right? When you ask, yeah. how do we install new programs? That's how you do it. You, you vividly write out what the new program is. Like, I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm earning in excess of $10,000 a month through multiple revenue sources. You would write that out. And I carry it. I have these goal cards, right? Less than 3% of people have a goal in the world and less than 1% have a written goal. And 1% of the population is controlling 96% of the wealth. So getting it out of your head, what is the new mental program? It might be wealth. It might be physical health. If you're uh, shy and you want confidence, you can just, I'm so happy and grateful now that I speak effortlessly and confidently and I'm commanding audiences. You just write out a little vision statement on a card or on a journal by your bed and you repeat it 10 times in the morning, 10 times at night, and you get emotionally involved in the new idea. And it's gonna seem like a lie at first, 
right? For those of you that want to go deep, chapter four in Thinking Grow Rich outlines auto-suggestion and why it works. Yep. But it's the, it's the repetition of new emotionalized ideas. That's the key. It's not enough to just write your goal out a thousand times a day. Not much will happen. It's emotionalizing the idea, which is getting into the spirit of the wish fulfilled. What does it actually feel like at 10,000 a month? I use money because it's a very simple, quick thing. What does it actually feel like to be up on stage at 4% body fat? You fantasize, right? The secret is get it's the actor's technique. Getting into that energy on a daily basis is probably the most confusing thing. So you're saying I have to fantasize every day. Yes, that's exactly it. You already are. <laughs> exactly. I have terrible news for you. You already are. Yeah. They're just fantasizing that, in the wrong direction, aren't they? That's right. That's what it this, is. This is so powerful. Listen, <laughs> I, I have I, every single morning. So for the last 20 years, every single morning in my life, I meditate. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. We're on vacation. First thing I do is meditate. And, and, and several years ago, someone introduced me to, I'm so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities from multiple sources on a continuous basis. Mm -hmm. And I, there's an eight hour recording of Bob repeating that on YouTube. I listen to that every single morning of my life, mm -hmm. of my life. Yeah. In fact, it's so important that somebody knows about, knows about this, a friend of mine, Christopher Voss, and he sent me this beautiful wooden plaque with the entire quote on there. <laughs> and it sits here on, on my bookshelf right behind yeah. me. So uh, there is nothing more important than auto-suggestion. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And it's, again, so that's so easy that people miss it. That can't possibly be it. <laughs> that's the leading edge of turning energy into form. Imagination. It's the leading wow. edge. And we have to, just like a light bulb, and this will make sense, if you want light to express out of a bulb, you don't flick the switch up and down. <laughs> right? You don't meditate every other day. You meditate right. every day. Yeah. Right? And then you learn to kick out thoughts that are not in harmony with what you're doing. But the, the beginning of all this is what we're saying here. Wow. Brian, wow, man. You've got a powerful, powerful story. Have you written a book about this i have not but we're, we're gathering I, don't, I can't remember what age bob wrote his first one it's uh right now we're, we're focusing most of our time impacting um everything from free we work with all the way from free to billionaire but we're building launching our company international and just uh, I, I will write some books at some point but i'm still in the uh still in the, the living it phase i use this stuff for myself so i'm not perfect i'm so i'm working on this stuff every day just like you guys um it's just yeah. relatively speaking, we're in better shape, right? Yeah. My wife said, you need a book. We'll, I, we'll I definitely, yeah, we'll get I to that. Disagree. <laughs> Brian, you are a gem, man. You okay. are. I received I, that. I received that. Thank you. I, I love what you're doing. I love, um, you're so like, just chill. <laughs> you're just like very nonchalant about it i love it because that that's what that's what works man that's what helps people that's what helps people so thank you is there is there a website that people can follow you learn more about you yeah absolutely i appreciate you asking so matrix success international.com matrix success i'm gonna put it up on the screen very international cool. Dot and com. we have some yeah, com. We have some really cool things. A, a lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle assessment. It's like the we call it the wheel of life, where you you take a little quiz and you measure your physical environment, your business, your finances, your friendships, your love life, philanthropy, spirituality, a couple other things in there. But so you can get a snapshot. We call it the wheel of life because it it makes like a wheel. And a lot of people, it's like try driving down the street on that. <laughs> And uh, so we got some really cool things, almost like taking an x-ray across 10 different points. So you have wow. a starting point. You have a starting wow. point. The other thing, if people want to hit me up on Instagram, it's just Brian Dalmaso, which is uh, B-R-I-A-N-D-A-L-M-A-S-O. So we, uh, we respond to Instagram as well. 
Dude, this has been so powerful. Thank you. I, I really genuinely appreciate you coming on, investing the time and energy Absolutely. and and wisdom with with everyone. This has been incredible. So thank I, you. I appreciate you bringing. I live to share this stuff. So anytime, uh, like I said, if you want me to come back or work with a group of people, I'm happy to do it. Love it. Love it. Well, everybody, make sure you go to matrixsuccessinternational.com if you're listening on the podcast network matrixsuccessinternational.com that's where you're going to find brian and everything about brian and some cool stuff on there so go check him out go to instagram brian dalmaso d-a-l-m-a-s-o is his um, handle on 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 the ig so go over and and um, follow brian and and hit him up and dude you're awesome thank you so much for being on today no, happy to do it. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Stay, stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream. Everybody have a fantastic day and we will see you very, very soon. Thanks so much, Brian. Take care. Thanks for having me.